Hey guys, this is Kenzie. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to say it is officially spooky season and we wanted to give you guys all a treat. For September and October, we'll be giving you guys an extra episode every week. We're calling them the spooky oopy episodes. So two episodes a week for two whole months. The first one will be our usual murders and stuff like that. For the second one, we're going to be focusing on urban legends, folklore, and all things spooky Halloween themed. And I'm so freaking stoked about our first spoopy oopy episode. I'm going to tell you guys what it is. Have you ever heard of the hook urban legend? What if I told you it started as more than just a legend? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you will on September 1st. Our first spoopy oopy episode will be coming out on September 1st. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Now we will continue with our usual scheduled program and I hope you enjoy the sadistic cannibal that we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Hi, I'm Kenzie and I'm Emily and this is the Claw Crypt. Crack open a cold one with us while we discuss everything true crime, mysteries, conspiracies, and much more. Today we're going to talk about Leonardo Cinciulli. I always want to think Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Or Leonardo Da Vinci. I thought it was Leandra at first. But then I looked at how it was spelled and it's literally Leonardra. Leonardo. Sort of male or female? Female. Okay. I was going to say it sounds like feminine. Yep. Cinciulli, which is a very Italian last name. Cinciulli. <laughs> it's like super Italian. It makes me think of Leonardo Cinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so this takes place in like 1930s, 1940s Italy. So like, ooh, that's like a vibe in itself. Like, <laughs> I would that love is. to go to 1930s, 1940s Italy. <laughs> it sounds very like authentic. Leonardo was a very unlucky lady. Her Aww. life was full of pain and misfortune right from the beginning. Sad. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about how she became known as the soap maker of Corrigo. Or I'll push the button again and make the computer say it in Italian because I can't say it. <laughs> La saponificatrice di Correggio. Correggio. Fanso. 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 Okay, so in her early life, we'll start there. She was born on November 13th, 1893. It was said that her mother, Amelia, which is really close to Emily. <laughs> that is my name in um, old Italian. Okay, well, her mother was raped, and because of that, she despised Leandra, Le- Leonarda. I always want to say Leandra, Leonarda. She despised Leonon- Leonarda. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Calling her, quote, the product of the devil and saying she was cursed. Oh. Yeah, back then people didn't really Rude. go to the police for rape. Um, if they did, they were either told to stop lying or they would be shunned for no longer being pure. So her mother was kind of forced to marry her rapist. Um, That's sad. Yeah, his name was Mariano. <laughs> Which again is a very Italian name. Mario. 
I love these names. <laughs> Me too. Her father apparently died, like, really early in her life, but I couldn't find exactly when or anything else on him. But he died sometime before she could, like, remember him. So really, really early. Probably, like, before she was three, I'm Sad. guessing. I mean, he was an asshole, so. Oh, well, good then. Yeah. Deuces. Um, Leonardo's mother never hugged her or told her that she loved her. She was basically given, like, the bare necessities. Bare necessities. The simple bare necessities. <laughs> yeah. And there was some emotional abuse going on as well. So she had a really shitty childhood. Later, her mother did remarry, and she had more kids with this guy. But she loved those kids, but still hated Leonardo. So, like, all these other kids were getting all the attention and love and, like, normal mother-child relationship. And Leonardo was, like, Cinderella, basically. Aww. Yeah. So, this led to her trying to commit suicide two times as a teen. Uh, one time the rope broke, and the other time someone found her and got her down. She would also do other things to try to harm herself, like eat glass. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, in 1914, she married an office clerk named Raphael. Um, her the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I, I love these names more and more. Raphael, Raphael Pensardi was his last name. Her parent, Ooh. or her mom, I guess, and stepdad, did not approve of this marriage because they had arranged for her to marriage a wealthy man back then and still to this day, I guess. Uh, money meant you had a bigger social status. So if you had a daughter that married into someone who was wealthy, you were then, like, brought up in, like, the social world, <laughs> you know? You're a lot cooler. Yes. <laughs> He's sipping tea, and someone's like, oh, my daughter got married. Oh, that's cool. My daughter got married to a millionaire. <laughs> Pinky up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Uh, Leonardo thinks that her mother cursed their marriage on the day they were married. Probably. So she moved to Lariano, a different place in Italy. And then at age 33, she was arrested for fraud. <laughs> oh. Yes. What'd she do? Fraudulent stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of fraud. Okay. Shortly after she got out in 1930, her home was destroyed in an earthquake. Forcing them to move to Corrigo. God damn. Yeah, this is where Leandra opened her... It, it's different depending on where you look. It sounds like it was mostly a soap shop, but it was also, like, any handmade goods that you can make with a kitchen. So she made, like, candles and, like, baked goods and all sorts of stuff. Okay. But it was mainly supposed to be a soap shop. Um... And she became really well known in the town for having like amazing soaps and stuff like that. And people said she was an amazing mother, a good friend, and overall a gentle woman is what a lot of places described her as. A very unlucky. <laughs> yeah, so she was actually pretty like popular. Like she had a lot of friends. People would come just to her shop to chat with her and like you know, she had a lot of friends. Like it's so weird to think that so many people love this woman once we get into more of the stuff that she does. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. It's giving me, like, Jeffrey Dahmer vibes. Like, everyone thought... Or not Jeffrey Dahmer. 
giving me Ted Bundy vibes. How everyone thought he was like a nice guy and like everyone just loved him. Yeah, and no hmm. one wanted to believe that he'd actually done this. This is kind of like her. Okay. Okay, Mrs. so Ted Bundy. Now we're gonna get into even sadder parts of her life. Um, she had been pregnant seventeen times. Damn. She had three miscarriages. And ten of her children died in their youth. Damn! She probably thought this was part of, like, her mother's curse. Because she's still thinking, like, oh my god, my mom cursed me, you know. Damn! Yeah, so... Really don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it. She was really protective of her four surviving children. I'm sure! (laughs) Extremely protective. Okay, so we're going to jump back to before she was married. Like, right before she got married. She went to a fortune teller. That read her poems, <laughs> which I would love to see, like a 1930s fortune teller in Italy. <laughs> Have them read my poems. Yes. Uh, this fortune teller said that she would marry and all of her kids would die. Shortly oh. after, she went to another fortune teller that said, quote, In your right hand, I see prison. In your left, a criminal asylum. She probably, Yeah, she probably went to these fortune tellers to see if she had some kind of a future uh, with all the sh- like, shit she went through as a kid. It's not surprising she wanted to see what was going to happen. And I'm guessing what the fortune teller said just kind of fucked her up even more. Yeah. Sometime, I'd be like, well, I got nothing going for me. Well. Yeah. Sometime later, she went to another fortune teller um, and asked how she can keep her remaining kids alive. Um, this fortune teller was a little bit more dark and mysterious and she told her she needed to sell her soul to the devil through um, a series of rituals and seances okay leonarda was a fortune teller as well all of her victims came to her asking for help or readings uh, she was 100 percent a fraud she was paid like crazy amounts because she paid really close attention to the people that came into the shop so she knew what they wanted to hear, and she realized if I tell them what they want to hear, they're going to pay me more. Okay. So she had this whole, like, psychic medium thing going on on the side of her shop. shop. Yep. Her oldest and most loved son, Giuseppe, decided he wanted to join the army in 1993, so like World War II time. And, of course, this scared the shit out of Leonardo. And Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She came to the conclusion that she needed to protect him. Um, and the only way to do that would be human sacrifices. Uh, she went cuckoo. Oh, no. In her mind, she needed to take a life to save a life. I don't know. It's, this woman went nuts. <laughs> At some point during this, she got divorced and kicked her husband out. So now it's just her, her kids, and her shop. Okay. Um, before we get into this... All the victims were, like, neighbors and friends of her. Sad. Yes. All right, so the first victim is Faustiana Setti, which Faustiana is a really cool name. Yeah, I like that. Faustiana. Faustiana. Probably sounds cooler with an Italian accent, but I'm not even going to try. I was going to say, put it in the bar. (laughs) Uh, Faustiana is described as a spinster. And a lot of the stuff that I read, which according to Google, means an unmarried older woman past the age of, like, the typical marriage age. She was 73. 
Here I was thinking it was like somebody who used like one of those spinning wheels yeah. like they used in Sleeping Beauty or something like that. It's like, damn, she had something going for her. I thought Spinster was like some kind of dancing, like hip dancing back in the day. Like you'd spin around a lot. I don't know. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> like a tango. Yeah. So she came to Leonardo to see if she would ever find a husband. The 73-year-old, 73-year-old is just like, I just want love. I've done everything I want to do in my life. I just need a man, and I want to settle down and, like, Same. die, basically, because she's old. Um, Same. <laughs> and Leonardo was like, girl, I got a man for you. <laughs> like, girl, I got you. And I can do it better. Like, I can one-up it because I can see him right now, and he's in Pola. You should go and get him. Uh-oh. Yes. She, so she convinced Boston. Postiana. To not tell anyone, <laughs> and that she should write postcards and letters to her family and send them when she gets to Pola. Red flag. Okay, so she had convinced Faustiana to not tell anyone where she was going, and basically was like, you should write postcards and letters and send them when you get to this Pola place. The postcards and letters basically just said, I'm going to be happy, I'm with my new husband, don't come looking for me. Uh, that's like big red flag. If someone ever tells you to write a letter saying, like, don't come looking for me, write a letter saying, look (laughs) Look for for me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. Bad juju. So Faustiana was writing her letters, packing up the stuff she wanted to bring with her, and decided to stop by Leonardo's shop on her way to Pola to say thank you. Uh, She was given a glass of wine, but the wine had been drugged. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and she was basically knocked the fuck out from this glass of wine. Uh, once she was drugged, uh, Leonardo killed her with an axe and dragged her into a large closet. Oh. Um, the date that she was killed is kind of like somewhat unknown, but it was sometime in early 1940. I'd say like January through like June, somewhere in there, she had to have been killed. That's a long span of time, though. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really have a way of saying back then. And yeah. all the other people that we're going to talk about that have dates all came from Leonardo. Leonardo. So it's like those two might be a little mixed up, but you'll see what I mean. It's impossible to tell. Um, she began to cut the body up into nine parts using a hammer, kitchen knives, a hacksaw, meat cleaver, and the axe. Damn. Yes. Uh, she was also gathering the blood into a basin, which is like a, a weird bowl thing, yeah. basically. I had to Google what it was. <laughs> <laughs> the next part I'm going to read comes from her memoir, uh, and it's called An Embedded Soul's Confessions. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so in her memoir it says, I threw the pieces into a pot and added seven kilos of caustic soda. I'm guessing it's like a type of baking soda. I'm not sure. Which I had bought to make soap. I stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick, dark mush. I poured it. In, I poured mm-hmm. into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited till it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine. Kneading all the ingredients together, I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who visited my shop. Though Giuseppe Ew. and I ate them as well. 
Ew. That's like borderline cannibalism right there. I mean, it's just the blood, but I still think it's cannibalism. Yeah. Ew. Yes. Uh, some say, as a payment for her services, she was paid uh, Faustiana's life savings of 30,000 lire? Lire? I think is how you say it. Uh, Italy doesn't use that currency anymore, but that currency in that time is about $15 in U.S. money today. So it was probably quite a bit back then. Oh, yeah. <sighs> and she just keeps taking things up another fucking step with this next victim. Great. Francesca. <laughs> oh, no, Francesca. Sovia. Francesca Sovia. That's her name. It's a really cute name. I love that. That is really it's cute. It's really romantic. Yeah. I couldn't find her exact age, but I'm guessing she was like a middle-aged woman, like going um, to the shop. That's what I picture her as. Um, she came to Leonardo's sense. shop in 1940. She was very depressed and just like the others, uh, like life just wasn't going as planned. She needed something else. Um, Leonardo offered her a palm reading and said that she saw happiness in Francesca's future. And it was a job at a school in a different town. That would make her happy. She was told to write letters to her family um, about her new life and that she was happy and just like Faustiana, the only difference was this time she told her to send the letters from Corrigo, the town where the shop was, and not the town that she was like going to. Yeah. Um, she also came to say goodbye and thank you to Leonardo, and on September 5th, 1940, she was given a glass of drugged wine. Killed with an axe and dismembered and turned into cake. But this time, she decided to save the fat and make soap. Oh, my God. Yeah. Back then, soap was made from animal fat, so human fat, like, seemed like it would work, too. And she was only given 30,000 lire, 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 can't say it because it's in Italian. Old Italian currency. Yes. She was only given 3,000 this time, not 30,000. So at this point, Leonardo, I almost said Leonardo. Leonardo, um, she was like, I haven't gotten caught yet. My son's still alive. Giving my soul to the devil seems to be working. Like, I must be doing something right here. No, no, you're not. Which brings us to Virginia Casipo. Yeah, Virginia Casipo. I was like, damn, we traveled to Virginia, USA? <laughs> no, that's a name. Which I'm sure Virginia sounds like super cool in Italian. Probably. Be like Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> that sounds like a fancy word for vagina. Yeah, it does. <laughs> vagina. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Leonardo's third and final victim was 53 year old Virginia. Um, she was a soprano and so, like, sang and sold out this like local music -y place they had. So like she was like pretty kind of popular for her singing voice. She was getting it. Yes. Um, but it wasn't getting her where she wanted to be in life. Leonardo was like, you have an amazing voice, but I think it's the location that's not working for you. I know of a job opening in Florence as a Typical. secretary for this big shot that organizes concerts and plays. And I bet once he hears your voice, you'll be famous. God damn it. So just like the other two girls, 
She was told to write letters to her loved ones and inform them of her new life. And just like the others, she came to say goodbye to Leonardo on September 30th, which is my birthday, 1940. They need to stop going and saying goodbye to her and just go. Yes. She was drugged, killed, and turned into soap and cake. Leonardo's, um, in her memoir thing, uh, she said, quote, she ended like she ended up like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white, and when it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some acceptable creamy soap. I gave the bars to my neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes were better, too. The woman was really sweet. Gross. Yeah, ew. This time she was paid 50000 and given imagine- some jewels. Imagine being one of those people and hearing about this later on that you were like going in there and buying these cakes and stuff and you're like, I literally ate human. Yeah. And it sounds like she was, she probably sold some of the cakes, but it sounds like she was like giving them to people that came in her shop. That's disgusting. Like people are probably like, oh my God, this lady's so sweet. She's giving me free cake and I'm going to sit and chat with her. Little do they know. What's in the cake? And she ate the cake, too. So she she obviously knew what was in the cake. And she gave it to her son. That's just so weird. I can't fathom that. <laughs> okay, let's get into how she got caught. <laughs> yes, please. <sighs> so she's probably feeling great at this time. She had her four kids, plenty of money, with her shop doing well, plus the 50, 80... 83000 in old Italian money. So she was, like, on top of the world at this point. And everyone loved her. Still. They all thought she was just this amazing person. So, like, she's, like, living her best life right now. No, oh, man. What Leonardo <coughs> didn't know was Virginia's sister-in-law had seen her go into the shop on September 30th, but did not see her come out. Oh, so she reported it to the police saying the whole thing seemed really weird and it was very unlike Virginia to just up and leave her family and give them letters. Yeah. Like, that's really weird. So the cops came to confront her. And she was more than willing to talk and serve them tea and tea cakes. Oof. Leonardo was arrested and denied everything until the cops were like, you're an older, middle-aged woman. Do you think your son could have done this? And then she confessed to everything. She was like, leave my boy out of it. So that's her weakness. <sighs> yep. Um, because of the war, she was in jail for six years before her trial. Like, Damn. Yeah, six years. Before even being tried. Damn. Yes. And at the trial in 1946, she didn't show any remorse. Um she went as far as to correct the prosecutor on things that he had wrong. Ugh. Yeah. No, look. <laughs> that spider. Oh. Ooh, to that too. But yeah, ooh, that, <laughs> but ugh. <laughs> she was given a mental evaluation and the court said she was half insane. Uh, I think she's fully insane. I don't know about this half shit. Yeah. Uh, she was described on stand as having deep, dark, set eyes um, that would glimmer with pride when she was talking about what she had done. Oh, yeah, because she thought it was all fine and dandy. She was just saving her son because fuck everybody else as long as her son lives. 
at the end of the trial, um, during her like closing statement thing, where judges like you have anything to say to the family, blah blah blah, that kind of thing. She said, quote, I give the copper ladle, which I use to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country, which is so badly in need of metal in these last days of war. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's weird. I wouldn't want that. You can keep your ladle, lady. <laughs> I don't want your damn ladle. Mm-hmm. She was found guilty and only giving, given 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. Only three years? She did die of a stroke in prison on October 15th, Good. 1970. She was 76 years old. Throughout the trial and her like time served in the asylum and in prison, everyone said she was just a sweet older lady. Like, good person is what they thought. No, not really. Yeah. So, I have some, like, side notes that are all kind of, like, I don't know how true they are, because they came from weird sources, but I thought they were interesting, so I threw them in there anyways. Uh, she was also said to make, uh, like, candles and other baked goods from the bodies, but um, the only thing she confessed to was the soap and the cakes. So I don't know why she wouldn't say, like, candles and stuff like that, too. You're already going downhill, lady, so. Yep. Um, and two different sources said that Virginia's family had actually come to speak to Leonardo and ask her what happened at the shop that day. The woman acted very sympathetic and was telling them how happy she was going to be at her new job while serving them cakes made from Virginia. Oh, man. Yeah. They were eating their family. Yep. <laughs> she wrote everything down um, while she was in prison and the asylum. And she was even writing down, like, recipes on how she made different things in what her the memoir. Fuck? Yeah. Uh, the writings were studied, and the people that studied them think that she had two different personalities, which would explain the good, kind, mother, loving friend, and, like, Psycho that eats people. <laughs> Turns them into soap and cake. Yep. Lots of her artifacts from her crimes and her shop and all sorts of stuff are on display at the Criminological Museum in Rome, including the axe, hammer, meat cleavers, knife, and the pot she cooked them in. So you can go see it if you go to Rome. <laughs> Let's go to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> this woman's insane. That's fucking gnarly. Oh my god, my son's going to war. I need to kill people. like And turn them into cake. And feed them to everybody. And soap. How many people washed themselves with a bar of soap made from a Human body? fat. <laughs> yeah. Ew. It makes me not want to use bars of soap. Like, I know that they're not all made with human fat, but, like, it just grosses me out. At least you can say she was resourceful. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't let anything go to waste. No, except for the part she threw in the sewer, but... Oh, my God. So that is Leonardo Cinciulli. Fucking psycho. I still don't understand how she's only half insane. Trying to understand, like, her train of thought. Like, yeah, okay, she had a shitty childhood. So she went to a fortune, fortune teller to see if she had some kind of a future. I understand that. 
probably something pretty common to do back then. But how do you go from all your children are going to die from a fortune teller to, like, in order to keep them alive, I need to kill people? The fortune teller didn't tell her that. She just said sell her soul to the devil or whatever. Well, I mean, there is, like, I do understand, like, the whole, like, I need to make a sacrifice to sell my soul kind of a thing to save my children. Like, from a serial killer mindset. Yeah. But the part where she turns them into cake and soap and candles and stuff is just taking it way too far. I mean, she made money from it. (laughs) From the readings. And from, I'm guessing she sold some of the cakes and soaps, too. Oh, I'm sure. Probably for a nice hefty price. So freaked out. I wonder, like, when it came out, how many people were like, because her shop was really popular in the area. Like, how many people were like, oh my god, I bought soap from her. But, like, those soaps that they bought, that could have been one of those people that died. That's just insane. And she, the fact that she wrote everything down. Yeah, and kept tabs like, oh, I used this much sugar and this many eggs, and if I whisk mm-hmm. it differently this time and then add the fat in. It's bringing me back to Sweetie Todd again. Yeah. Miss Lovett from Sweetie Todd. She's oh, the one that had the meat pies. Yeah. That were made from people that the that Todd had killed in his barber shop upstairs. Yep. It's set way back in the day, too. So, like, I don't know. Damn. It was... She's the real-life Sweeney Todd. Well, Miss Lovett. Well, Miss Lovett, yeah. Well, both of them. (laughs) Because she did all the work. I love that movie. (laughs) I know, it's Poor Thing, not Poor Soul. Okay, well, this is going to be a shorter one. (laughs) Mini-sode! Yeah. Um, Please refrain from killing people and turning them into soap and cake. Killing them in general? Yeah. But especially don't turn them into cake. <laughs> He's stolen. I don't know if I would, like... I feel like I would be more freaked out if I found out that I showered with a bar of soap made from a human than if I ate a cake. Like, you eat a cake... You digest it. You poop it out, yeah. But, like, when you shower, that, like, soap... You're like, like mm, stuff. I smell so clean, yeah. and I feel so fresh, and... And it's all over you. It's not just in your digestive system. I would want to burn my flesh off. Oh, my God, yeah. No, thank you. And what made the cakes crunchy? Bones. Crunchy cheesecake. Crunchy tea cakes is what she called them. I don't know. And if she gave them to the family... That's so fucked up. It's just demented on a whole new level. God damn. My brain can't process it. Even Jeffrey Dahmer had standards. He liked the bicep. Exactly. (laughs) This lady's like, no, we're going to make cake, we're going to make soap and candles and fucking, I don't know, bread. She's probably going to all sorts of shit. Simmer down the blood and make this like marinade out of it and then put it in this cake. She's very precise, so we'll give her that. Yeah, she was smart about it. She knew that she had to coagulate the blood and then put it in the oven, dry it out, and then mix it with flour so that it was, like, not messing up her cake recipe. I want to know where she learned to do that. Like, how do you think of that? 
I don't like, know. Hmm, if I just dry out the blood I mean, in the oven. Back then, it was common to use like animal blood and stuff in recipes. So maybe like maybe it was normal at the time to mix blood in with flour. Hmm. Like back then, like it's not like they could just go to McDonald's to get food. You know, like they saved every piece of well, the animal. Well, especially during a war too. You want to use yep. every single little thing you can. Cause you so don't I'm sure. Waste. Other places, and maybe even her, were using like animal blood and bones and stuff that we probably wouldn't today. <laughs> Fucking hate her. <laughs> Don't. Not a vibe. <laughs> no. Not the vibe. I would love to go to like 1940s Italy, but I am not going anywhere near Corrigo. <laughs> Corrigo in general. I'm just gonna avoid soap shops. <laughs> I'll make my own. That's not out of humans. Oh, yeah, it's perfect timing for this episode, too, because soap making has become, like, a huge thing on, like, TikTok and stuff. Like, everyone's making soap. Have you noticed that lately? No, the last thing I saw on TikTok was somebody who stole all these, like, dishes from different restaurants. Like, she had a whole ass collection. She's like, and I got this set of four <laughs> from this sushi place. And then here's the one from before Panera had ceramic. Or got rid of ceramic, and here's the ones from after they got rid of ceramic, and these are all my sauce cups from Benihana's, and it's just like, what the fuck, lady? Like, she has a problem. Okay, but when I go to Benihana's, I always get a side cup in a plastic container of the yum yum sauce. Yes. Because the yum yum sauce is It's yum yum. <laughs> it's just if you buy the stuff at the store and it's called yum yum sauce, it it's not the same. Taste the same. It's not the same. No. Alright, well we hope you keep listening and um follow <laughs> us on our social medias, the Instagrams, the Facebooks. And if you have any ideas, suggestions, spooky stories you want us to share um, email them over to at theclawcrypt at gmail.com or you can send them on our Instagram or our Facebook page. Bye. Goodbye.